Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout. I'm alongside Alex Jefferson. Hello. Hi, I've been waiting for this one. I have a lot of stuff to say. So we There's are, a lot to say. Yeah, we are eight games into the season now, and the Red Sox are 3-5. and five. It's been a rough stretch of games. Uh, I was ready to jump on here after the four losses in a row and just start screaming. Um, that didn't happen. But I'm going to channel some of that for today because I'm still kind of upset. Uh, let's just jump into it. Ryan Weber sucks. This pitching staff is a disaster. The only good pitcher on the entire staff is Evaldi. And he, like, he's meant to be like our number three starter. Yeah, and he can barely go six innings. Right, and he's pushed into being the ace. Uh, Erod is nowhere to be seen. He's dealing with a heart condition. I feel like he's not going to even be back this this season. I doubt it. I doubt it. There's no reason to push it. Like, yeah, especially based on how Corona. this team has performed so far, based on how weird this year is, I, there's no reason to push Eduardo Rodriguez. I'd rather have him healthy for next year than trying to rush back this year, especially with what he's dealing with. It sounds pretty serious. Yeah. The bullpen, as I predicted, has been even I mean, more disappointing than been, I thought. Well, some of them have been that bad. Some of them haven't. Workmen, just oh, if, when you have a bad rotation, a bad bullpen, you just have no pitching. I don't understand how the Red Sox as a franchise can roll this pitching staff out there on opening day, expect the fans to like it, expect anyone to, to do anything with this. This, bro, this. this pitching staff is just terrible. How can you expect to win games with this? You have Martin Perez as your number two, Ryan Weber as your number three, Neither of those guys should even be in the league. You didn't even know who your number four and five starters were to start the season. And then you, you have to like be pushed into putting Zach Godley there, even though he should have been there in the first place. Like Matt Hall, Jeffrey Springs, Josh Osich, these guys aren't major league players. And they're high up in your rotation. And it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you lose, you lose Rick Borsello, David Price, Craig Kimbrell, Joe Kelly. You replace them with nobody except like Martin Perez and Colton Brewer. How do you expect to do anything with that? I find myself, whenever I'm watching a game, Googling who's pitching for the Red Sox at least three times a night. That's, that's not good. We have no name value. We have no pitchers who can pitch outside of, like, maybe outside of Evaldi and sometimes, like, Workman, but he's been questionable. And every single time we get into a high-pressure situation – you're just sitting on edge waiting for them to blow it. Every time that there's a close game, either Renicky makes the wrong decision with the lineup or the bullpen just blows the game. Or the starting pitching, you know, it's either or. Exactly. If we have any lead less than like 10 runs, I still like expect in the back of my mind to lose that game, especially if it's only like three runs. Like when we are mm-hmm. only leading in like a save opportunity, we're, we're like in my mind, we lost. Oh, I agree. And, like, this brings me back to – I remember Garrett, when the Red Sox won the World Series, he was always saying, like, they're not winning by seven runs. I'm not comfortable. I feel like that number has uh, leaped even farther since then. Right. And I I think it's insane that we, we can't be comfortable as a baseball team in Major League Baseball, like, not be comfortable with, like, a 10-run lead and, like, yeah. not be sure we're going to win the game. Like, It's brutal. Like, in that Mets series – you had Matt Barnes. He had like a 40-pitch inning. He just couldn't get out. He walked a bunch of guys. And he, he is probably considered the second-best reliever on the team. 
Like probably but, not. He's not actually, but he's considered that. Like he's the setup guy. And then, but Renicky keeps him in no matter how much he's struggling. Yeah, Renicky, you just keep you suck. You keep going until we're like, it's it's painful. It's and then Brandon Workman, he was never supposed to be a closer. He's built to be. I mean, he was great last year, but he's built to be a setup guy. So I I still disagree with throwing him into that closer role. I guess that you have nobody else. Like that's no, the thing with this bullpen no is you have nobody else. I if we had a two run lead in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, there's nobody I trust to pitch a single one of those innings. Maybe Marcus Walden, but he even, I don't know. Even he's, Walden. He's not like a high leverage kind of guy. He's a good reliever, but we don't have any good high leverage guys. It's it's just so frustrating to watch them butcher every single game in the last few innings. Like, I feel like the beginnings of most games have been fairly close, but then by the time we hit the fifth inning, the other team has just blown it wide open, and it's just... We welcome Joey Nagel onto the podcast. Thoughts on the pitching staff? Bad. Yep. I mean, 2018, the rotation was great. So when you have a good rotation and a bad bullpen, you can make that work. But even in that year, you had Craig Kimbrell at the back end of your bullpen, so you had someone that you knew you could lock up a save with he's not that great anymore I, I i don't regret letting him go but replacing him with no one is just stupid i the most of the blame falls on dave dombrowski and ownership but i gotta give a little bit of the blame to heim bloom just because it's hard for me to do because he hasn't been here long but seeing all those guys go losing chris sale and eduardo rodriguez both the injury and not replacing them with really anybody like, it's very clear that this pitching staff has a lot of holes. And we traded Mookie Betts. Why did we trade Mookie Betts? To have flexibility in salary and to have money to bolster other parts of the team. And none of that's happened yet. They could be waiting for the offseason next year, but there's no one that great there. I mean, you gave Martin Perez $6 million. You could have used that for something different. You could have made some trades. He's been signing all of these no-name relievers. And... Maybe that worked in Tampa Bay, but this isn't Tampa Bay. This is Boston. We expect to win. We expect to know who's, who's playing on the field. And, it, and it's one thing if they're actually working out, but none of these guys are working out. They all are bad. It's early in the year, but it's only a 60-game season. We're already a percentage through the season, and every single game counts as about three, 2.7. So losing those four games, that was like losing 11 games straight. So every single game matters, and I mean we need some kind of help in the pitching staff. Like this rotation just isn't going to do it. Ryan Weber can't stay there. Martin Perez shouldn't be the number two. You still don't even have a number five starter using an opener, which is not a great idea when you don't have a good bullpen. The I mean I would understand if they said we we're rebuilding. If they said this is a year to kind of retool, but Heim Bloom specifically said in a press conference last season. We fully expect to compete in 2020. Now, I don't know if that changed because of the whole Corona thing, but they don't seem like they're trying to compete. They don't seem like they're trying to win ball games based on who they're rolling out there. And like, it's not like they can't try to win ball games. They have one of the best offenses in the whole entire league, top, top three, top five, but they're pairing that with one of the worst pitching staffs of all time. If they got some rotation guys, if they got some bullpen guys, 
they I'm not talking about signing like a Garrett Cole or trading for someone like that. Just major league pitchers who can fill the spots and give you a shot. Because with that great offense and that bad pitching staff, that's not a combination that's going to get you a playoff spot. And it's a 16-team playoffs. You can easily get in there. I, I just don't get why they're not trying harder. They have the flexibility. It's not like they're that close to the, the, the luxury tax. They have like, I forget what it is. I think it's like at least $20 million. It could be like $40 million, But you can sign guys for league minimum. You can sign guys and get some, some options, some major league options, instead of signing some 29-year-old who's been in the league for a couple of years and just sucks and has never had a good year, like Ryan Weber. I just don't get Clay it. Clay Buckles. Sign Clay Buckles. Clay Buckles, yes. Yeah, for some reason they seem content to only find pitchers that have Suck. never pitched in the majors before. Well, that too. I There has to be better options out there than – I don't even know. They're so, like, unmemorable because they're just so bad. I can't even call up one of the relievers named off the top of my head. They shouldn't be pitching in the major leagues. And they're pitching for the Boston Red Sox. It's it, Like, we lost two disgrace. out of three the Orioles. It's brutal. It also doesn't help when you have an incompetent manager who has no clue what he's doing. Oh, my God. I've never, like, I've never began to dislike a manager this quickly. Like, even Bobby Valentine lasted longer than this for me. I, it just seems like he has no, Ron Reneke has no clue what he's doing out there. I, I, like, over the weekend against the Orioles and then the Mets, there were multiple times where it was a clear-cut challenge this and you'll probably win. He didn't even try to challenge it. Like, that's your job, Ron Reneke, is you're supposed to challenge plays when they have a chance of being overturned. And like it wasn't those like the, it wasn't like those had a chance of being overturned. They were probably would have been overturned if you challenged them. And then his lineups, I haven't agreed with a single oh lineup God. yet. And I guess maybe that's not something you have to critique that much because the lineup, whatever. But the, leading Andrew Benatendi off when he's just cold and still continuing to go back there, that's dumb. But the biggest thing I had was he benched Alex Verdugo multiple times against lefties when he hits lefties better than he hits righties. He bets like three twenty against right lefties and like two eighty against righties but he benches him and he benches him on opening day you traded Mookie Betts and this is the piece that you got back for Mookie and then you don't start him on opening day that's a bad look for the franchise and that's a bad look on you and then he's benching guys like Christian Vasquez and Xander Bogarts I guess Xander was injured in the second time but the first time it made no sense he's benching Mitch Moreland he's benching Christian Vasquez who's one of the best catchers in the league you don't bench guys in a 60 game season they just had 260 days off they don't need another day off here to stay stay fresh or whatever. It's a 60-game season. I feel like it's, they can make it. Especially not eight days into the season. Like, yeah, they benched Vasquez like three days into the season. It's terrible. And he's benching – like he's not playing – he plays way too into the whole lefty-righty matchup thing. Mitch Moreland is a good player. He's great on defense. He's clutch on offense. Start him. I don't care if it's a lefty. Lefty's going to be out of the game at some point. And then Kevin Pillar, he was batting 600. Start him. And the lineups, it's just, he, he's terrible. And then, and then yesterday, last night, this is when I knew that we needed to do a podcast right away. Did you hear what he said about Ryan Weber? After Ryan Weber went like three and a third, gave up four walks and two homers, he said in a press conference, Ron Renneke, who do we have that can be put in that spot and is going to be better than Weber? How do you say that as a manager? How? Like, then you have Brian Johnson, Kyle Hart, 
Mike Shawarin, Tanner Hoke, Brian Mata, Phillips Valdez, Colton Brewer, all these guys that you're basically saying, no, you're not good enough. When Ryan Weber has a 6.63 ERA in 13 career starts, he currently has an 11.57 ERA this season. He's given up four homers in seven innings, seven walks in seven innings, and hasn't struck out a single batter. I'm pretty sure you can find at least one person better than that in your organization. And as a manager, what, saying that, you're like giving up. Like, who's going to be better than this guy who sucks? How do you say that? This, he's giving the, the Red Sox no life. He's making bonehead moves. He's, not, he's just not a good leader. He's not firing anybody up. He's not making smart decisions. And it just and seems is, like he, he has no energy. He just doesn't know what he's doing out there. How are the players supposed to motivate if – literally their manager won't even like try and help them win a game. Exactly. Like what makes a player want to go out and like play good defense or uh, work account if their manager is just going to like screw them over in big situations. Right. Oh, and then the other thing too, um, I forget if it was against the Orioles or the Mets, but we made, we were losing, I think it was against the Orioles. We were losing. We started to make a, yeah, it was the Orioles. We're losing. Yeah. We started to make a comeback. We're like two or three runs away from tying it. Then he puts in Dylan Covey, who's literally the worst pitcher in the major leagues. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Ron Renicky? He has no idea. I honestly, I expected better out of a guy who learned from Cora. Right. And learned under Cora, but like, he, he looks lost. He does. It's tough because he was really the only option we had due to the circumstances. But he, I, it's no, brutal. No, no, put, put Dustin Pedroia down there and he'll do a better job. Like That's true. Or Veritech. I mean, thanks. you could have done something different. It's, it's bad. He's, like, I feel like he hasn't adopted to the modern day MLB. Like, he I feel like not. he's, he like still focuses on a lot of the things that older managers would focus on like that yeah. righty versus lefty matchup. Yeah. And that's just not how baseball is anymore. Righties can hit or righties can hit righties. Lefties can hit lefties. It, Especially when the stats show that with like Alex Verdugo. It, and he, he said that he recognized the stats, which was, I, th- I feel like he, he knows all of this new baseball stuff like exists, but just has no clue like what any of it means and doesn't understand it. I don't know where these shifts are coming from, but we shifted a lot in the first few games of the year, and we got beat seven times. Jeff, we shifted against Jeff McNeil, and he beat us like every single time because he's like the exact hitter you shouldn't shift against. I don't know if that's coming from Renicky or, or the front office, like the stats department, but Renicky also said that he's not given a lineup by the stats department or whatever. Like, odd thing to say. It's almost like you know that your lineups are bad and almost like you're asking for help. I well and like how do you go from like the lineups that you've been putting out the last few years you've seen what core has been doing with the lineups you've been there and you just throw out these terrible lineups that make no sense and when you compare them against lineups of the past two years they just they seem like complete jokes like we're not gonna win if we're not starting like two of our best like four or five hitters yeah we're not riding – he's not riding the hot hand at all. 
Yeah, exactly. He cares nothing about like who's hot, and that's the only thing you should care about in a sixty-game season. And he's focusing on like, oh well, we need to make sure that everybody gets their equal opportunities. He's to like play. a little league manager. Let's get everybody in. Make sure everybody gets a chance to play. I, I, honestly, it wouldn't even matter that much if he came up with some explanation for it. Like, if he could explain why he was doing that, I'd probably be okay with it. But his explanation for why he didn't start Moreland the other day is because he gets on base a lot, so he's probably tired from running at their bases. Like, if he gets on base a lot, that's a good thing. That's what you want from a baseball player, so put him in the lineup so he can keep doing that. Like, nothing he says makes sense. <laughs> His responses honestly make me think that they're just like trying to tank and without like saying anything to the fan base. It honestly it could be. I mean, especially that, with what he said about Ryan Weber. Like that's the only reasonable explanation for him being this stupid and giving these terrible responses. Like I I don't get it. Like he's so incompetent with the media and like in press conferences. And like you said, when your manager is like that, how do you expect a team to be motivated to win ball games? When your manager is lifeless and not making smart moves and not trying hard to win, why should you? Why should you try hard to win? How would you have energy? That, that's probably the bigger reason why the Red Sox are off to such a slow start because it's not just the pitching. The offense has been pretty, pretty quiet since the first game. Opening day was great, and they were probably so great on offense because they had the opening day energy. Baseball's back. They had energy. They knew their ace was on the mound. And then once you got away from that energy into the season, it kind of fell on the shoulders of your manager and he just crumbled. Yeah. Especially with like no fans this season, you need energy to come from somewhere and that should be your manager. Yeah. And when you're not like, challenging calls either, it just shows that you don't want to win. I feel like we're leaving a lot of runners on base too. We're not like being aggressive with, like, I feel like the something that's been defining of the Red Sox the past few years is we're aggressive on the base paths. We, you know, we don't take that many pitches compared to like how much we've been taking this year. We're not a team that strikes out like so much as, or as much as we have been. Just seems like all the hitters are just kind of like playing very like, I don't know, like they don't care. Like, yeah, again, no one seems motivated at all. Xander Bogart said, um, I think it was after the first loss or the second loss. If you've got to score eight, nine, or ten runs every game, honestly, it's a little tough. So it that quote right there shows that they're not really motivated both by their manager and by the pitching staff that this front office put together. So it, it's a bad job overall, and it's it's a 16-team playoff. It's not that hard to get in if you just try a little bit. And, like, these players watch. aren't – they're not stupid. They know that their pitching staff sucks. Like yeah. they they can see that the the management and Renicky haven't done anything to bolster their chances of making a playoff spot, and it's like you have the money. It's a sixty game season. There's eight playoff teams. You know that like you're not gonna win the division. So there's and there's three division spots. So you have five opportunities, five wild card spots. More than half of the American League makes it into the playoffs, and you can't be in the top half. We're two years removed from a World Series. I know we've lost, like, a lot of pieces, but still. The roster should not have fallen off a cliff like it did. We won. We were, like, the first team out last year in the normal playoff setting. Like, we shouldn't be – I don't know. I'm just – 
it's frustrating to like see just how little management has done with the resources that they have available to them. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. I might've already said it in this. I don't know, but it feels like we're watching the, the Tampa Bay Red Sox or some kind of, it feels like we're a small market team. It really does with how, I mean, we traded Mookie Betts and then he, I still agree with the trade, but it, the fact that we had to trade him instead of paying him, I guess he, whatever. But, and then not signing any pitchers, like I said, losing Price, Porcello, Kimbrell, Kelly, sailing Erod to injury and replacing them with no one, signing Martin Perez is just really hard as a fan. And it must be really hard for the players too, especially those offensive players like Bogarts and JD. I think at this point, there's no way that JD opts in. I think he is definitely going to another team at this point. He has no reason to stay. He could be, you know, winning somewhere else. And the Red Sox haven't worked hard enough to try and surround him with the talent that he deserves to be surrounded with as an all-star, like all-star silver slugger level player. They're not surrounding him with the energy, like the, the desire to win, the urge to win. Like that's what, and every, like, that's what every player wants to be with. Well, like he wants to be in a team that wants to win. And this is Boston. Like, yeah, if they keep doing this, we have other teams we can root for like the Bruins or the Celtics. Like, I, I know a baseball. lot of fans who are already moving on from the Red Sox. You see it all the time yeah. on Twitter. People are like, it's a dying sport. I'm not going to watch that. I was moving to New York. Like, I love, 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 love the Red Sox. But, like, as a Boston fan, we rebuild, but it takes a year. And we don't, like – and the rebuilds, they don't take long because, you know – we're focused on getting to the next level because the management is always trying to improve the roster. Yeah. Like the Celtics and the the Bruins are always, and the, even the Patriots are always trying to get better. And it just feels like the Red Sox are doing that for a long time. And now they've just decided that enough is enough and they're just going to give up. Yeah. I also want to say, I think this is an important point. Offense to be a competitive playoff team but they just didn't try at all with the pitching and they're not really playing with energy. Like I totally understand if you're rebuilding and not a team that's expected to win, but in Boston, when you have these players like Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, JD Martinez, Alex Verdugo, Christian Vasquez, Nathan Evaldi, I expect to win. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. And if you, if, if we're not going to, if we're, if we are rebuilding, just tell us, we will be okay. If you just tell, like, don't lie to our face and tell us that we're, you know, going to be playoff bound, like either tell us we're rebuilding or put the effort in to try and make us playoff bound and meet what you're saying. Yeah. I, and then last night's game against the Yankees, I was expecting to lose, but it was just nothing. It was nothing significant happened in that game. It was just a boring plain loss. There was no energy at all with the Red Sox. And then the, the few games, the, th- the two games that they won since opening day, the giant win in opening day. They had to fight for both of those and they barely won them. The the most recent one against the Mets, that was solely Christian Vasquez. The other one, yeah. they, they won six to five. They barely scraped out of that with workmen and stuff. So they still haven't since opening day had a good clean win. Well, it's hard to get good clean wins when <laughs> you have this pitching. You have staff. no pitching. Your offense is unmotivated and your manager doesn't make any other right calls with the lineup or with challenges or 
Yeah, I can't stress enough how bad this pitching staff is. It is like looking at there is this screenshot of the the Red Sox staff and their ERAs. There's a dude with like a 3375 ERA. I think that was Jeffrey Springs and all these double digit ERAs. Like I watch the, when I watch these games with or like even there's people commenting on my post like who is this pitching today? Who is that pitching on the mound? Our best reliever right now is Phillips Valdez. Like who is that? It it's so bad. I, it's, this could have been such a fun year. 60 games, 16-team playoffs. You got Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and it could have been fun. But And, to, and tomorrow we're going to get embarrassed on national television. Yeah. By the Yankees, probably. Nope, we're going to win. We don't even know who's starting tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 How do you, how do you, like as a player, how do you even expect to like have energy or win when you don't even know who's starting for you the day before the game? That sucks. That just sucks. And that's why I said JD's probably going to opt out because why would you want to play for this team right now? Yeah. I, and with the Universal DH, he has a much bigger right. market now. Right. He can go play with his friend Mookie in LA. No. Well, <laughs> did you guys sad. see Mookie's throw last night? I, that was, yeah. That was, that was a seed. I did not need that. At that point, I did not want to see that. And then he hit a, and homer. Then he hit a homer. And then he hit a homer, yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's going to be a really big offseason for the Red Sox this year because they can't go into the next year getting Kevin nobody. They, yeah, they, I mean, they need to figure out a way to keep J.D. if he opts out. They need to get some pitching. I would love to see Trevor Bauer spend some money. That's, what, that's the whole point of this. If we make it through the season enough to reset the luxury tax, they said they were going to spend again. So spend again, get some pitchers and get an actual staff of major leaguers that have talent who can physically throw a ball well and get people out. Yeah, I think if they get under the luxury tax, I think they will spend because that's just what they've always done. You know, we were over the luxury tax so long that the penalties just weren't worth it anymore. So, you know, it would have been nice to – hopefully reset it in a 60 game season we still have 30 days to make it and things aren't looking great but yeah, it would be we'll really nice that. if we could reset that but i'm starting to get a lot less confident the other question is is if the luxury tax does reset hein bloom isn't exactly known for spending what's to say he even wants to go do that like that's not his mantra that's true that's true. scary yeah. think about that like he runs the team like we're the tampa bay rays but we have like the third highest payroll in the whole majors i mean yeah, if well. you can get a deal like trading chris archer for glasnow and uh meadows i'd be okay with that honestly I mean, if we make it to this trade deadline there's a very good possibility that he does like a raise style buy sell where he gets some younger guys and gets rid of maybe like a jd or jackie bradley or something like that that's a possibility. I, yeah. I hope I JBJ keeps up the good hitting until the deadline so we can actually get a nice return for him. Yeah. I literally had it in my predictions. J, JBJ is going to be good just to spite <laughs> us. Yeah. Uh, he's been one of our best players. Um, I mean, Christian Vasquez, I just want to give him a little time real quick. Best catcher in the league. I mean, his, his defense is phenomenal. He's got a rocket arm. Pitch calling is great. Um, he could use a little work on the framing, but whatever. And then his offense, all of a sudden, he's like this offensive catcher. He breaks out last year, and then I didn't think the power was going to stay, but it seems like it has. He leads, He's tied for the league lead in homers. Yeah, 
I had Vasquez on my most disappointing for preseason predictions, and that was solely because I thought he was going to hit less home runs. I thought yeah. the power wasn't going to be there, but he's proved me wrong so far. He's second coming of Babe Ruth, honestly. Yeah. He he's got that Munchkin, Munchkin power. Yeah. Yes, sir. Honestly, him, JBJ, Pilar, and Peraza have been our best hitters. Yeah. I don't know why that happened, but I love it. I, I, I wish Raphael Devers would break out and do something, JD, Xander, but it's good to see some guys like that making stuff happen. It'd be cool. I'm a huge Pilar guy. Them. Yeah, I love Kevin Pilar. He's great. I think he should be on this team for the rest of his career. I like him a lot. All right, so we're, we're touching on the, the season, um, whether it makes it to the trade deadline or not. Let's get into that because all, everything that we're talking about right now for the past half hour or whatever could be completely irrelevant in a couple of days because the report came out from Jeff Passan yesterday. Breaking, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred told the Players Association um, direct, Director Tony Clark on Friday that if the sport doesn't do a better job of managing the coronavirus, it could shut down for the season. So Manfred's threatening to shut down the season. The Marlins players, they had like 18 positive cases. The, the spread to the Cardinals, 20% the of the league wasn't playing the other day, and the Phillies. And um, we're, we're, the, right now, we're at a spot where this game could get shut down any day. Any, any game that we watch on Nesson or on ESPN could be the last one that we watch for this year. And well, that's scary. I don't want baseball to go away, but they have a really I, big problem right now. I think it's wild that Rob Manford is like threatening to shut down the league when he's the one who should be being responsible for how Corona is being handled within the MLB. If anyone should be taking responsibility to the poorly managed, like how poorly Corona has been managed. And the fact that Marlins and Phillies players through one series in Miami got Corona, it should be him. He should have, he should have instilled better, bubble-ish like rules, kind of like what the, M- the NBA or the NHL is doing, because having these players travel from city to city is unrealistic. It's not safe. And it's very hypocritical of him to be, you know, blame, like saying, well, the player association needs to do a better job. Like when you're the commissioner of the league. I hate Rob Manfred so much. It's ridiculous. Oh. It's, yeah, it's, the day Rob Manfred is no longer commissioner, we party in the streets. That was a quote from a, a few weeks ago when he was screwing something else up. That's when he was that, he couldn't even reach an agreement with the players' association. The league was just tossing back the same exact proposal back and forth and expecting something to happen. He screwed up the whole Red Sox investigation. It took forever with that, and then he comes out with this. He's the commissioner of the league. This is solely his, not solely, but it was mostly his fault. He had no off-field protocol we're not in a bubble he's having teams travel he had the marlins play the phillies when the marlins had positive tests and he takes no responsibility for that he says if the sport doesn't do a better job if the players don't do a better job you should do a better job rob manford this is your job you are the commissioner of major league baseball it is your job to get the sport to be played it is your job to make protocols and help the, the teams know what to do because they don't even know what to do they have to make their own guidelines. They have to make their own rules. The Dodgers came out with their own list of, list of rules because the league has provided no protocols. And then this man has the audacity 
to suspend Joe Kelly for eight games. Eight games. That's like a that's like an eighteen game suspension if the season was regular length. Because he almost hit two players. Yet he didn't suspend any Astros for cheating deliberately and rigging the 2017 World Series and almost ruining the 2019 World Series. But no, Joe Kelly, who is our Lord and Savior and who maybe did the best thing so far to happen in the MLB this year, got suspended eight games for sticking his tongue out at Carlos Correa. In 2018, Joe Kelly threw at Tyler Austin hit him with the ball, and then physically fought him and punched him and only got suspended six games in a full season. So in this shortened season, 60 games, he gets suspended eight longer than that when he doesn't even hit him with the fastball, doesn't fight him, and just sticks his tongue out at him. How does that make any sense? After the league, Rob Manfred gives no punishment to the Astros players at all. Let's them get off completely free. They don't even have to face crowds anymore because there's no fans in the stands. So the Astros really get, like, nothing. He suspends Joe Kelly longer than he suspended any of the cheaters from the Houston Astros. The, the worst part to me is, is the fact that the Astros, not only did they get away with it, what they're getting away with more now, it almost feels like the league is, like, pitying them and trying to protect them. Yeah. Which is freaking – it's so ridiculous. Like and they they, they had that rule where you can't hit players or fight players right before this too. But the Dodgers didn't institute the benches clearing. That was the Astros. Yeah, At Dave. So if anybody should be getting in trouble trying to start a fight, like the Astros were the people that were going out to try and start a fight, even though you know fights are banned. Like, Dave Roberts and Dusty Baker both got more punishments than all of the Astros players for cheating too. What did Dave Roberts even do? He was just the manager of the Dodgers. And then Dusty Baker, I guess he was saying stuff, but he got fined. What? The Astros cheated. Punish them. Okay. Okay. I also want to say this because I know there's some people listening to this thinking this, and I've got a ton of comments and stuff about this. Everybody says that what's Joe Kelly throwing at people for? He was part of the, the Red Sox team that cheated. The Red Sox did not cheat anywhere close to where the Astros cheated, and they barely even cheated. The Red Sox as a team, they did not cheat. What happened was replay operator JT Watkins acted alone. And then he his job was to decode sequences and give them to players before and after games, which is completely legal. And then from time to time, on occasion, scattered very few times, he sometimes replayed, relayed those to players during the game. Only a couple of players, and it barely impacted any of the games. It was only during the regular season he acted alone. Ownership, management, most of the players didn't even know it was happening. It was not relayed in real time like the Astros, and it was only relayed to a couple of players a couple of times, scattered among the season, barely impacted games, and was not in the postseason at all. It was couldn't have been in the postseason because they had replay officials and whatever that made sure that didn't happen. So the Red Sox winning the World Series that year, steamrolling every team through the playoffs, and winning... 108 games. None of that was done with cheating. They are nowhere close to the Astros. So you can't say that what's Joe Kelly throwing at him for when he was a cheater himself. You can't do that. Also, like Joe Kelly was a pitcher. So even if like the Red Sox did cheat, he didn't have any part in that. So that argument. Also, 
Joe Kelly has literally gone on record before saying, I just throw the ball. I don't like know where it's going to go. He broke his window with a changeup. Exactly. So like, <laughs> how are we supposed to know that he was even trying to hit the players? And then he or, gets like, to trying to get close games. to them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no evidence supporting the fact he didn't even hit them. He and, didn't, like, yeah, he didn't even hit anybody. I'm sorry, Carlos Correa swung at a terrible pitch in the dirt and looked stupid when he struck out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And then he mouthed off to Joe Kelly, who proceeded to make the best face of all time. I love like, that. Free my man, Joe Kelly. Like, we get need- Rob Manfred out of here. He does not know what the hell he's doing. Exactly. We need to get Manfred out of here. He's so bad at his job. He screws up all the stuff we just talked about with the investigations and bringing a season back and then Joe Kelly's stuff and this season. And don't forget all the stupid rules he's implemented, like the three batter minimum, the runner on second in extra innings, the seven inning double headers like you're playing some little league games. He just, he has no clue what he's doing. He is so bad. And if they're, if the season gets shut down this year, it's going to be completely his fault. It's going to be his fault for not doing a better job containing players, doing some kind of like bubble kind of thing, or at least coming up with some protocols and being harder on people who break rules or whatever. You can do more. You need to do more. And you especially, you cannot go blaming all the players in the Players Association and nothing on the league itself because it's mostly your fault. Drives me crazy. It upsets me so much how bad Rob Manfred is. And how that how bad he is at his job is gonna get this season shut down. It's terrible. And if the season does get shut down, you know, we're the Red Sox are gonna get screwed over even more. Like we traded our yeah. best player yeah. to just get under the luxury tax, and then the luxury tax isn't even gonna get reset, and we're gonna get penalized even more. Yeah. I that oh. so upsetting. It's so upsetting all of this. Awesome, good yelling. Let, let's get into the questions. Get a little break. All right. Yeah, yeah, I need, a, I need a break. This is Alex debut reading the questions. Question one, tank for Kumar or lighter? I feel like that's exactly what they're doing. They're probably tanking for like the top picks in the draft. Also, <laughs> you know what's probably going to happen based on how bad Manfred has been? He's probably going to say, oh, you know what? The, the draft picks don't count for this year. Like they don't. Uh, whatever, wherever you finish this year doesn't count. So we're going to go back to like cumulative winning percentage for the last three years or whatever. And the Red Sox are going to get like the, the 23rd pick or something. So tanking probably won't even work. It's great. But yeah, why do you think if we can get a pitching prospect like that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Why do you think Renicky is benching our best players? Because he has no clue what he's doing out there. No clue. He is completely lost. He's an idiot. Someone, someone in my DMs, I, f- I forget who, but they described him as a substitute teacher who just comes in and has no clue what he's doing. Just yep, that's like accurate. Stand, sits there and does nothing. That's Ron Renicky. All right, next question. Realistic, well, realistically, when will we win another World Series? 20, well, realistically, if they actually like, have a good offseason and, and do the right stuff, I've been saying 2022. I don't know why, but I just, 2022. I'd say 2024 is like could be more realistic in my eyes, but I mean, that, that's such a hard thing. Years. That's such a hard thing to predict. It is. Yeah. Thoughts on Andrew Benintendi's slow start. Uh, it's really unfortunate because I predicted him to be so good and he's got the hair back. And honestly, if he doesn't break out soon, 
they may end up kind of giving up on him a little and bit. Trading they, him. They could trade him. They could kind of make him a bench guy. He needs to break out. He needs it. Like he's been here for several years. He's got to do something. And I don't really know why he's off to such a slow start. Um, he's got such a great swing. He's just not swinging at the right pitches. He's not. Hopefully, he needs to get in the cage with JD I, and have JD help him out with some batting like vision and or Vasquez at this point. <laughs> true. But yeah. Um the next question. Why do we still play Matt Barnes? Oh, Matt Barnes. I don't I don't really I I can't. I I don't understand. Who would we I, play instead of Matt Barnes though? That's also true. Like stuff wise, he has the best stuff out of all the all the people we could throw out there. But he's so unclutch. Like he comes in for his first appearance of the year. First pitch, Homer. That's just what he does. I he has that forty pitch inning. Thank God he got out of that. I have no clue how he got out of that, but I, I respect him for that. But um, I, I hate the stress whenever he comes in. He walks like the first guy, bounces the curveball in the dirt, gives up a homer. It's it's really there's no pitcher I have more I'm more tense watching than Matt Barnes. Who do you think the players that have caught your eye this season are? Um, I mean, Vasquez by far. The, the fact that he's, he's doing this, the power is back, it shows that he's not like a one-year, one-hit wonder. Like he, He's legit. He's a legit top-five catcher in the league, if not like top two. And, I mean, having that offense paired with that, that game calling and that defense behind the he plate, cannon. it's incredibly valuable. And, and I'm glad they got him for the deal they did a couple years ago, the extension. Um, they this is the first him. real – good catcher we've had since Veritek. I agree. He he's he's a stud. He's great. Do you think Joe Kelly's suspension will be upheld? <laughs> Honestly, the league's probably going to make it longer. <laughs> I it probably will. I I don't I know. I don't know how anything Here's a works hot take. Today. Joe Kelly won't pitch for the rest of the season cuz the MLB will just continue extending his suspension. Probably. They're I, just that bad. I miss Joe Kelly. I want him back. Yeah, me too. Most overlooked slash underrated pitcher either in the rotation or out of the pen for us. Apparently, Phillips Valdez. I don't know where this dude came from, but he has been a stud. He has been great. He, he He's like thinner than Chris Sale, but he makes it work. Um, so I, I didn't know who he was going into the season, and now he's probably one of our best relievers. So I definitely say he's probably the most overlooked. Um, Avaldi, he's not overlooked. He's the ace. Yeah, I'll go. I'll he go. Avaldis. So this is in Spanish, but me, you know, using my my Spanish oh, yeah, knowledge, go. I'm going to tr- I'm going to translate it. Read in Spanish first, then translate. <laughs> hey, ganar Red Sox contra los Yankees. Um, ah, see, sí. I, I I think I think he's asking, um, will the Red Sox win against the Yankees? Um, well, they didn't last night. Tonight we got Godly <laughs> against. Pa- I'm gonna if they're gonna win a game, it's gonna be tonight. Not tomorrow when you don't know who's starting against Tanaka. You got no shot there. Or no, yeah. Tanaka's starting tonight. Wait. Yeah, tonight's Tanaka. Tanaka against Godley? Oh, I don't like that. And then tomorrow they face Paxton. Paxton's the guy I think we would win against, but we don't know who's starting for us. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if they win a game, it's going to be tonight with Godley because it's not going to be when we don't know who's starting. All right, so this next question, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent after I read it. All right. Um, 
is Chris Vasquez the best all-around catcher in the league? First of all, put some respect on this man's name. Do not call him Chris. His name is Christian. If you're going to abbreviate him in any sense of the way, call him the Munchkin Man. All right? We don't. Who's Chris? We don't have a Chris on this team, to my knowledge. Like, come on. Also, yes. Yes, he is. Yep. I mean, who's better? I mean, that's the question. Who's better? And you can't think of – I mean, JT Realmuto maybe, but he's not yeah. in yeah, the AL. Is. So, Vasquez is better than Sanchez. He has many Grandal. I don't know. Right now, Christian Vasquez is the best catcher in the league. I'll say that. How good do you think Verdugo will be? I think he'll be a 30 home run, 100 RBI player. Is that you or what that guy said? That, that's a question. Oh, okay. Um, 30 homers, 100. I don't know about that. He doesn't seem to be more the power guy. I don't see him hitting more than like 25. 25, yeah. In a full season. I see him more as like hitting like 315, 320 and getting on base a lot, like scoring runs. He's a leadoff guy to me. I think he should be leading off. Um, another thing Renicky hasn't done, he hasn't put Verdugo leadoff, which is annoying. Yeah, I, I definitely see Alex Verdugo as a great player. I love his energy that he's been playing with. He, he, I mean, he makes, he runs out infield, like choppers. He, he, he runs out stuff in the field. He plays with high energy. He shows personality. I love Alex Verdugo. I think he is a great player to have in Boston. And I think he's going to be a a very solid major league player for years to come. Will Marco Hernandez get called up at some point? I don't, they just hate Marco Hernandez for no reason. I I don't get why he's not on the team. He came up last year and he, he he was pretty good. But they, for some reason, decided to rule five draft Jonathan Aruz instead and give him Marco Hernandez's spot. But And then Marco Hernandez isn't even on the 40-man roster. I don't get why they just don't give him any time. But So for that reason, he's not, he's not going to come up this year. All right, this, this is, next question. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing I want to say. This is not related to that, but kind of. Um, if you're not going to like try to win, this season or like you see that your team isn't that great give some young guys some like opportunities like give brian Mata some innings give tanner hoax some innings get bobby doll back up here jaron duran like i think you're i'm pretty sure you're past like the weird service time thing where you can now bring them up and like it, it works out give them some time and if you want someone in the rotation tanner hoke is a great pitcher put him in the rotation same with brian Mata. give him a shot why not i agree this next question is from my man, the Vooch. Vooch, we haven't uh, gotten one from him in a while. Let's go. He's back. He asks us, when will the ostrich show his true colors? Um, I feel like he has. His true colors are like five ERA and not that great. So I think we already saw that. <laughs> Bo Sox Rocks uh, asked us who we would want to target as a pitcher during the offseason. I've been saying Trevor Bauer just because like he – He's a great like leader. He's a great MLB personality. And um, he seems like a Boston guy. He does. He's someone who loves to win, loves the competitiveness, and he works really hard. Like in the offseason, he's like scientifically developing these pitches and whatever. And it works. He's great. Um, he's the kind of pitcher that I would want on my team. If we can um, muster up enough money to pay him, that'd be nice. Uh, maybe Robbie Ray. He's someone I wanted us to trade for a couple years ago. He's always kind of been a trade target. Um, I, I was watching an interview with him on MLB Network, and he says he like reworked his his uh, pitching motion and it's working better. Um, I don't know how good he's been this year, but 
he could be a little bit cheaper option. So he's another guy. But um, well, I mean, they, they definitely people, have to get someone. People forget that Robbie Ray was a Cy Young candidate a couple years ago. Yeah, he was good. Next question is, what are the chances of picking up Fulte? Um, So Mike Fultonevich, who I really wanted the Red Sox to get. He's been struggling lately. He's lost like velocity off his fastball, but he's 28. someone the Red Sox could have got. Um, we didn't try to claim him. He passed through waivers and was outrighted to AAA. So he's in the Braves organization, still in AAA. Um, so we'd have to trade for him. And um, I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't really think there's any chance we get Fulte at this point, which is unfortunate because I learned how to spell his name, which is not easy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we should have got him. What are the odds we make the playoffs? Not great. <sighs> not great. The odds that there are playoffs are even lower. So that's one thing. But um, I, don't know, I think right now we're actually in a, a wild card spot. I'm not sure about that. So if there is a full season, I'd say the odds are decent if we can figure this out. The odds that we go anywhere in the playoffs are very low. If we can get some pitching help, I think we might be okay. Yeah. If the offense can can get going and the, the bullpen can get in a groove and we can maybe get like a closer or a setup guy and a rotation guy, we have a really good shot then. Right now we have a, a, a somewhat decent shot. But that's a lot of ifs. Yeah. And again, if the season continues. So, uh, The next question is, who do we sign to replace Mookie and do the Red Sox keep JD and JBJ? Good question. I have a stat for you. Since July 1st of 2019, Mookie Betts, 16 homers, 46 RBIs. Since July 1st, 2019, Christian Vasquez, 16 homers, 46 RBIs. So I think your answer is right there. Christian Vasquez is better than or just as good as Mookie Betts. So there's your replacement there. But um, um And JD, Alex, I mean, it's his Alex choice. Alex Verdugo is a decent replacement for Mookie. Just want to say that. And, I mean, if we keep Pilar around, he can replace JBJ. Yeah, also, um, I know Joey has been high on that. Joey disconnected a while ago, by the way. Um, oh, I noticed. <laughs> but Joey's been high on George Springer. So I've kind of been... I he hasn't been good this season. He's had good seasons. He's a good player. I don't know how well he fits, but if we want to go out and get an outfielder, he's he's a top guy that could um, quote unquote replace Mookie Betts. Um, you can't really you can't really replace Mookie Betts. That's you can't replace a player like that. But George Springer is a decent option. I think Alex Verdugo is a fine option. Kevin Pillar is good. If Benny uh, can pick it up, Benny can pick know. it up. If Benny can like become the player we all thought he was going to be when he was a prospect, he can replace Mookie Betts like because he can pl- be that MVP player that hits for average and power. But we haven't seen that yet. We may never see that. I'm hoping we do. I, I don't know. Well, oh, another guy, Jaron Duran. I love Jaron Duran. I think he's going to be great. I think he is built to be like the next Christian Yelich, in my opinion. He has a very similar swing, very similar playing style. So if you want a player that can be like the next Mookie Betts to replace Mookie, I think Jaron Duran's that guy. All right, this is the uh, the last question, yep. my favorite question out of all of them. It's a uh, it's a three word question. It's um the Yankees. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I hate Yankees fans. We lose Same. to the Yankees I, in like a, a normal five to one loss, and like the Red Sox lose. God, sixteen to one police. I hate that. Can, 
can actually just like you're like bragging <sighs> like you beat us sort of the orioles big deal like we're not that good you, you beat a team that's starting um, Martin Perez as their number two. Calm down, sir. Yeah, you beat Ryan Weber. Like, woohoo. <laughs> I feel like the Red Sox have no personality anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like, 2013 to me is such a memorable time, not just because of, like, the winning and the clutch walk-offs and the whole Boston Marathon thing, but because the beards, the personality on that team – was unparalleled you know that's a good point like we lost brock holt and i think that was when we lost like the last bit of personality yeah alex verdugo could be that but he's around a bunch of other people with no personality like no well, knock on alex... them but like jd martinez is just a hitting robot uh rafael devers has energy but doesn't like speak english voluntarily he speaks english perfectly fine which is used as a translator it's kind of funny and then andrew benatendi he has no energy um it, yeah, it, Bogarts is kind of lame, even though I love him. But I mean, the theme for this team right now is no energy. Yeah, and it it feel, felt like that last year too. Kind of, it just kind of feels like we're just watching 2019 again, except with worse pitching. Somehow, I didn't know it could get worse. Yeah, but somehow, we somehow got worse pitching than last year. <laughs> oh, this is brutal. But, God, um, I remember like going home from work and like listening to games online or on the radio and like hearing Matt Barnes blow games and all that. And I was like, there's no way we could be any worse than this. I did like a Between... story highlight on my page last year called bullpen of every time we blew it. And it was like, oh, I remember it was like 40 things long. Up again. I did. I kind of did. It's called yuck. It's just every time the pitching staff is just ugh. <laughs> yuck. Oh. Um, but, That's a really good way to describe just how the season has started. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Low energy and yuck. One. Speaking of yuck, one bright spot has been the three-man booth with uh, Remy and Eck and Ovi. It's it's awesome. Just Eck is so great. So great. I love it. And him the and Remy together. The only salvageable part of the season. Right. That's the one good part is that. Could you he imagine was, if it was – if it was – uh, Remy Eck and Don Arcillo was still here. We could lose a hundred games and it would be the most fun season ever. We could lose all 60 games this season. It would be so fun. And did you hear Eck like um, completely ripping apart Jordan Montgomery for making that error, like not making that play back to the mound. He was going on for like three minutes, but like, how do you make, how do you miss that? Oh, come on. I would have come on. I would have made that. Then he had to also, apologize for it later in the broadcast. I feel like our defense has been really bad. Uh, yeah. Um, whenever, whenever our seventh game was, they or whenever our eighth game was, they they put up like the classic Nesson thing. Like, here's the infield defense. Red Sox have seven errors in seven games. That's fun. Well, we just have to make it to August 31st. Yeah. And I'll say this. I, I'd rather be watching this Red Sox team in bad baseball than no baseball at all. So Yeah. Let's just hope that the season doesn't get canceled. Let's hope they can figure it out and players can stay safe. Um, but also, Celtics played last night. Giannis should have fouled out. That was dumb. But um, Bruins play tomorrow, I think. So yep. sports are back. We got some other teams, some good teams. Bruins and Celtics are good. Uh, it was nice watching the Celtics being like, hey, I know all these players, and they're actually good at their sport. Well, the Celtics, hmm. Well, talent-wise, they're good at the sport. Last night, they but- 
last night they did not look great. Yeah, but, but um, they might just be a little we'll rusty. They played the Bucks. That's that's a hard matchup. Yeah, so. like how do you? That's a really hard first game to come back to. Like, why couldn't we have played like the Magic or something? Yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm excited for the Bruins. I I God. all of a sudden am a big Bruins fan from that playoff runner last year. So I'm waiting for Bruins dugout to come back. The Red Sox start going down again, or if they keep going down, Bruins dugout, watch out for it. So yeah, go Boston sports. Let's actually win a Red Sox game. That'd be cool every once in a while. Hope to get some pitching. Hope the league doesn't screw up the season and get shut down. Um, let's play with some energy. Let's, let's do something here. Yeah. That should do it for this week. This was a good – I needed to yell. I needed to get this out. needed to rant a little bit. Let's hope we can actually yeah. get some games now. Have a good week, everybody. Go Sox. Yeah. Go Bruins. Go Seas. Go season for actually not getting shut down.